This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for the Intentionality Gurus with Candace Pollack. And I know she's got an interesting topic for me, um, but I'm going to let her announce it, and then I guarantee you uh, the way I'm feeling today, I probably will go blank. So go ahead, Candace. Good morning, Karen. <laughs> so today's topic is control. Um, corralling tasks, right? And I want to know, what do you think of when you hear that phrase? Um, well, I feel like I'm at a rodeo right now with a rope and I'm- Yeah. Uh, hey, is that it really? No, wow. but I mean, it's- I'm a, gathering it's them all up. <laughs> <laughs> so that means like, I'm just going out and grabbing all these things that I think I have to do today. And um, I'm right now I'm just staring at them and it's uh, I'm ready to go into a meltdown. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, we, we have this societal thing about, um, you know, we need to do more, we need to be more productive and it's more, more, more. And we don't often have a, you know, method uh, to, figure out, well, which are the things that have priority in our lives. And even when we set a to-do list or we have goals or, you know, projects, all sorts of things, other stuff always comes up and hijacks us. All right. right. So, but, and we act surprised. I remember um, there was an episode at work that I wanted to talk to somebody about some big deal um, that needed to change in the office. And every time I would knock on the door to say, Hey, do you have a minute to talk? He knew I was going to talk about that thing and he would get the stricken look and it would just stop me in my tracks. And, uh, finally one day my husband said to me, I was grousing about it. And my husband said, dear, the stricken look is a given. So, you know, we're, that overwhelm is going to occur. It's just part of our culture and our, our, you know, uh, way of being these days. I'll look at all the apps for productivity and so on. So the idea about corralling them is the tasks and the to-dos and and the objectives is first ask the question, to what end am I doing this? What does it serve? You know, what, is it a project, a particular project? Is it a deadline? Is it our deadline? Is it somebody else's deadline? Is it a deadline we actually agreed to? Or did somebody volunteer us to do it? They volunteered us. Um, you had some uh, conversations not too long ago about somebody um, that you interact with in business who had all sorts of ideas about what you should do for that, even though that wasn't technically within the contract. So it's right. all that stuff, all right? And it's not going to go away. How we relate to it is the only thing that can change. And um, I'm sure you've had, I know I have, had the experience of, I can't get it all done. Oh, of course. All right. That's like a daily, you know, minute to minute thing. So the, the point is all of our, those to do's, you know, in our professional world, in our personal world are, are going to be infinite. There really is no end to it unless we put some guardrails on it so that we corral it. I'm going to mix metaphors uh, for a change, right? Um, so the ability to get it all done is just totally disconnected from the time budget we have available. So what occurs to you when you I say that? Um, well, I, I will go to a typical weekend that we have around this house. Um, 
my husband will come home um, on Friday and he'll say, um, you know, I need to put my hours in and I need to do this and we need to do this. And, you know, <laughs> it's like this long list. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, well, when are we going to get it done? Um, you know, he's had a long day today. It's not going to get done tonight. And then I know that, you know, he's going to want to sleep in on Saturday morning. And so like, you know, and my mind now is going a mile a minute trying to fit in all the things that he told me. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, oh, here are the things that either I want to do or need to do as well. Um, and I will tell you that usually when I go to sleep on Friday nights, um, my head is so heavy with all those thoughts that, you know, I swear I have a migraine, whether I do or not, that's how it feels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the brain is going to burst just right. to manage or, um, you know, pay attention to all that stuff, all the stress of it. So the, the conversation today isn't about productivity apps and so on. It's, it's more of a, um, just a mindset shift in terms of we have a limited time budget. You know, we've talked about it in earlier episodes about, uh, for instance, we each have 168 hours a week. That's it. Right. That's the budget. All right. It's like we have $100. That's all. No more pennies. You know, we we have scrounged for every penny in the um, couch, et cetera. So how do we spend it? And theoretically we're going to spend it on the most important things the, those bigger goals the, the the core things the big rocks and Stephen Covey's um uh language from the seven habits um so if we have a limited time budget and we plan ahead that, that also is a key that we actually kind of plan out our week which time slots are going to be best allocated for various things so sleep is a factor, you know, rejuvenation, um, doing the, the basic errands of living, you know, independently, not having other, you know, a, a long list of servants when we have to do it in grocery shopping, you know, getting the car serviced, you know, whatever it happens to be. And so then that means that we have a limited amount of time. We're reverse engineering the time available for either our personal endeavors that are not those uh, regular tasks and or our business endeavors. So on average, what do you think your time budget for work is realistically? Um, realistically, I probably budget about 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then that leaves you 108 hours left in the week. Right. Okay. And that's kind of sounds like a lot, but how many hours do you sleep? Um, typically seven hours a night. So that's another 56, 56, no, 49, seven okay. days in a week. <laughs> just, just keep myself an extra day during the week. Um, <laughs> you know, when you add up all those times, there is time to do things, but I think where I know I go wrong is that I try to hurry up and get those things done that um, I feel like I don't have any time because 
if I do all the important things and I still have time, then I start filling up that extra time with things. And I think that's where my problem is, is that that's why I say at the end of the week, boy, I didn't have enough hours in the day, but did yeah. I have to do all those extras? And the answer for me is absolutely not. Knowing, or at least reminding ourselves that that extra stuff is unending and always right. being added to. Right. Okay. So, you know, that's the key point. Number one, that we have a limited time budget. Let's be realistic about it. One, it's confined 168 hours, but when you back out all the other essential things like eating, you know, doing laundry and, and so on, um, that doesn't leave a lot for the other things. And then we have to prioritize in the time, you know, that we've backed out for business and uh, personal time. And, you know, Stephen Covey would say, put the big rocks in first. So the rejuvenation and the family time and so on, theoretically should be big rocks because we have finite time with each other. We never know how long we have with each other. Right. And um, what do we want that to look like? So then that leaves less and less time. And then how do we spend it? Do we play that game with our, ourselves? Do I get this little stuff out of the way because it's easy and I can just bang it out? Or do I do the big stuff and maybe don't have enough time for the little so-called little stuff? And the answer is, it depends. It really depends on what's important to you. But the one of the takeaways um, starts to form in terms of if we approach everything as equal, we'll, we'll never have a way of managing it. Exactly. So exactly. when I say that phrase, what occurs to you? Um, that prioritizing is really the only way, the, the best way for us to be able to have the time that we need for rejuvenation. And how would you prioritize what, what occurs to you? Well, the and I first don't think thing, there's a right or wrong. Which is yeah. Curious. Well, the first thing, you know, when I look at, you know, how much time I'm giving myself for work, I don't need, in theory, to put all that time in. So a lot of that is I what I call filler time. Oh, well, you know, uh, I don't have any clients today. So today would be a good day just to sit here and do these other tasks, okay, that typically would maybe take me an hour or two, but I spread it out for the whole day. And then at uh -huh. the end of the day, it's like, you know, I didn't take any time for me. Right. So there was no corral, no guardrails around right. those right. other things. Yep. So th that's kind of the point. So, you know, I am a perpetual program taker because I'm constantly trying to improve. I, I have many areas that I have to improve. So I'm constantly, you know, trying to spiral up. It doesn't always work. Um, and one of them has been with time and, and commitment. So um, one of the groups that I'm in um, basically tells us to look for leveraged no's. So the idea is, you know, is this activity, this commitment, this task related to something big, you know, an aspiration or a goal or, or, or just important personal time, you know, that, that should be a, a big rock. Um, using Stephen Covey's analogy. 
And if it isn't, you know, is it a step towards that? You know, just to kind of like go through this little triage self-questioning before we say yes. And then um, if it isn't, you know, a, a resounding yes in many ways, then just to say, can I get back to you? I, I, I can't um, make that commitment right now or no, I'm not going to do it. And then that right. just starts to eliminate things that could potentially get on the list because, um, you know, those metal cups that kind of expand the telescoping right. cups yep. and so on. A no is like, it ends there. A yes is like a telescoping cup. We say yes in the moment, but we are we don't realize all the other parts that go with it. So it's a bigger time commitment. It actually occupies more time slots than our mind is, you know, paying. well, it never occurred to me that, oh yeah, I have to actually deliver on these things. Um, my eyes were always bigger than my stomach when it came to to-dos. So if we start to pay attention to when we have a limited time budget, um, particularly for, you know, this, when we've, reverse engineered what's available for these kinds of activities. Not everything is of equal time, equal value. And um, we need to be saying no um, to more. And in fact, there was an article that um, kind of triggered my um, desire to do this topic again, which was something to the effect of um, less is more. Now that doesn't sound really profound and that wasn't the actual title, but I can't call it to mind right now. But the thought is that by eliminating things, we can create the sense of abundance of time to work on the important things. And then we can be clearer about what's required to support those things. So in that program, I was introduced to Asana and it's an app for um, task management. And I had been exposed to it years ago and I had explored it, but it was a little too complicated for me and a little too rigid for me, but I, you know, made the commitment to look at it again. And I'm not suggesting that people use Asana. I'm suggesting this is what I've observed working through it. All right. So what it does is it suggests that we have a finite list of tasks for each day that are tied to specific projects or objectives. And it could include those things that we have to do, like call and make an appointment with a dentist or something. Um, so there should be some big rock uh, tasks, some medium um, pebble size, and then maybe some sand size things. And Steph Crowder has a um, program that she does and a lot of free YouTube videos about that as well. Um, and so I had been introduced to her approach a number of years ago, and I, I, I liked it a lot. But it's a lot of what I'm talking about is coming from uh, Demir and Carrie Bentley and um, Paul Miners. Paul Miners is an Asana expert, a lot of YouTube videos. So as I'm going through the exercises, what's happening for me is I'm limiting that daily list. I'd have a thousand more things to do, but I'm saying these are the, the crucial things. And then I have a little pick list if I have those extra things but those are all vetted to be important, all right? They're not just filler. Right. And then the next category um, of tasks are this week, what I have to accomplish this week. Then the next category is next week. And then the category after that, all these things that are occurring, you know, in my mind at any given moment are later, which for me represents either the remainder of the quarter 
um, if you know, like now from what November, December, or you know, a full quarter. And then here's the beauty of it: the someday list. So the someday list is all these that you know, all those things that we have on sticky notes and old to-do lists, and they pop into our mind and so on. And I resisted that. I think the idea originated with David Allen. Maybe somebody prior to him came up with it. And I thought, no way am I going to do that. Actually, I had been keeping track of those things, but just not in the way that David Allen, sure. he would get it done. But what's happening for me is I'm, it's really been magical, like a Polaroid picture that it's forming that I now at least have some kind of corral around the, not the sum total of my tasks, because, you know, new things are coming in every day. But now I can vet something and look at it and say, okay, where does this belong? It belongs in this corral, not that corral. And that has alone has been valuable. And then as something new comes in, maybe I have to, you know, if I limit theoretically my daily tasks to no more than 10, I really have to be rigorous in terms of what's going to get on my calendar. Right. So what, what occurs to you when I say that? Well, I mean, so many things are like floating through my head that, um, you know, I, I live by my calendar. I started a, a vision board with all my sticky notes and um, my sticky notes started falling off of it. Um, <laughs> so I realized, hey, you know, look all that stuff on the floor. I guess I've accomplished it, which of course I hadn't. Um, but I've been very good at keeping my calendar to the point of putting in times during the day, you know, do not book anything. Mm -hmm. um, my problem was that as soon as I would see it, I would feel like I was missing something. I didn't, I wasn't taking advantage of the time properly, mm -hmm. rather that I was almost mourning over the fact that, oh, I have an empty slot in my day and, you know, I'm not as productive as I should be. But listening to the way that you're putting it, you know, just because I have every minute filled doesn't mean I'm productive. Yes, exactly. I mean, and you know, I am like the epitome of the hamster on the hamster wheel that, you know, I was go, go, go all the time, but I, you know, wasn't go, go, going anywhere. I was just going round and round and round. And even um, in some of the other uh, programs and advice I followed, I was just building a bigger hamster wheel. Right. I wasn't, I was getting more done in some respects, but not the right things. And um, I was just making more work for myself. And it's like, duh, it's like not very smart hamster. I maybe, maybe I should have been a lab rat or something like that. So, you know, it doesn't take a lot. It can, it, it can be just this mindset shift to be able to say, all right, I'm just going to be paying attention to as I'm forming my goals, as I'm, you know, looking at my calendar, I know that I have this finite time. You can have some wiggle room kind of built in for the day for those unexpected things. Demir and Carrie call that flex time or um, unwanted, unplanned work, UUW. Um, you can, and I tend to like blow right through that time. But I put it towards late 
not late, late afternoon, about two o'clock, because it's enough time that if something came up, I could still get it done that day, but not so early in the day that um, nothing showed up to hijack um, our attention and so on. And then um, the idea is that view the to-dos as having to be in service of something bigger. So just having some sense of, is this a project? Is this a rock in my life? Like spending time with Rich, your husband, um, you know, given the, the uh, work schedules you all have and so on. And, and that between the two, it, it is the, the confining thing. They call it a forcing function. It forces us to be more mindful about what we're doing and why we're doing it. You know, as you're talking about it, it's interesting because typically I try to keep my weekends fairly open because mm -hmm. we don't have time during the week. Mm -hmm. um, this past Thursday or Friday, I got a call regarding um, the IT work that I had been doing. And I was told, if you want to stay on the schedule, we need to book you at least once a month for um, training. And I said, okay. And it was like, do you want to come in Saturday or Sunday? <laughs> but I knew that Rich was working on Sunday himself. And so it was like, oh, Sunday would be perfect because we're not going to be together anyways. Um, and so, you know, that's how I looked at it. And then uh, they asked me to, you know, pinpoint what what days I can work each month since I only need one day a month. And so that's how I was looking at it, you know, because Rich typically works one weekend day a month. And I said, okay, what's your schedule? So that we're not taking time away from each other during mm -hmm. that most important time. Not having two days where you're not together rather than right. just- Right, exactly. Uh -huh. So, I mean, so he worked and I worked and, at the end of the day, we were both totally exhausted, but that's okay. You know, we finally- be unconscious together. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but another thing that you were talking about, and I'm sure many of our listeners might feel the same way, um, is that when I do have that um, downtime during my day, um, and especially if it wasn't planned, I tend to think that I'm wasting it away mm -hmm. if I walk away from my desk or if I sit here and watch YouTube or something. Um, but yet listening to you, I'm really not wasting it. I'm giving myself that permission to do something other than a task. Yeah, and, and the science shows that it's important for the brain to rest a bit because, you know, we'll, we'll um, just kind of over rev the, the mental engines. So to, you know, particularly if you could walk outside and maybe not this time of year so much or later in the year, um, but walk outside and just, you know, see the sun or um, smell the air or listen to, you know, the, the sounds um, that can be enough of a break for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes or something that you can go back a little more refresh. Well, hopefully if it doesn't rain or snow in the next couple of days, um, you know, I might get outside, but right now 
for those of you listening in Northeast Ohio, it is a typical gray day. And um, I'd just rather stay in the house and stay warm. Yeah, or or maybe, you know, wa watch a YouTube video or something like that. Sounds great. Well, thank you very much. And we will be back together in November. Have Sounds a great good. day. Thanks. You too, Karen. Bye-bye.